Welcome to Combat Chatter, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Combat Chatter covers the latest hot topics and breaking news surrounding Star Wars The Old Republic, BioWare, and the greater Tor community. Alright, what's going down everyone? It is time for a new episode of Combat Chatter. I am your host, Andy at Republic Trooper. A quick bit of news in regards to our website, republictrooper.com. Our new forum system went live a couple days ago, so we're really happy to have uh, new forums on our website because if any of you saw our old forums, um, let's face it, they were they were kind of janky. So we, we got those out of there. They're gone. The new system has a ton of new features. You can check them out on republictrooper.com forward slash forum. So uh, stop by and say hello. Anyways, enough of that. We've got a lot of material to cover on today's show. It's been a busy couple of weeks out there in the TOR community. And uh, before we get into that, I want to do some introductions so all of you out there know who's with us today. As usual, along with myself, we have Dave and Mike from Republic Trooper. And we also have some special guests. Lord Hammer and Vertec from the TOR Syndicate are here with us tonight. So uh, what's up, everyone? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having us on. Great to have you guys. Yeah, everybody's here. So I think there's, what, five of us tonight? Barcelona might join us later. We'll see how that goes. He couldn't make it right now, so we're trying to get him in. But yeah, Lord Hammer and Vertec uh, were both gracious enough to um, hang out with us today and uh, join Combat Chatter. We're pretty excited to have you guys on. So first, thanks for being on the show. And uh, second, let's get right into it. Why don't you guys um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and also uh, what you guys have going on over at TorSyndicate.com? Um, okay, sure. So basically, the Tor Syndicate... Uh, we've been around for a little bit over a year and essentially what the, the site is, is it's a really kind of like the Seinfeld of the SW tour fan site community. It's a fan site about nothing <laughs> in terms go. of like what it is or content that we're really creating or, you know, trying to do, um, really what it focuses on is, is on the fan site, the community, the individual members, podcasters, guilds. And really kind of just promoting the Star Wars, the Old Republic uh, message in terms of uh, getting, the me- getting the message out there. Also, make enforcing no breakage of the uh, NDA. So anytime we have our podcast, anytime we go out to conventions, the big thing that we're trying to do is, um, you know, capture the message for the community. So if we see other fans out there or other fan sites out there or podcasters or guilds, we try to jump right up on them and, you know, like, hey, who are you? Where are you from? You know, tell us about you. T- tell us about yourself, rather. So that way, any of the folks that are out there can kind of essentially get the message. So we're really kind of uh, myopically focused on on the community. You know, if you're myopically focused, Darth Vader has some good implants. You should find out where he got them. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I know uh, I've met you guys before, and especially Vertec. It's good to see that you have your porter with you tonight because somebody has to carry the bags. Um, <laughs> no, but really, Vertec's uh, he's a great guy. He's, he's a good one to have around. You guys are lucky to have his positive energy, and, and I say that sincerely. Let's get a little bit more into what got you into the site. I mean, have you guys been Star Wars fans your entire life like millions of us? Have you been gamers? Have you been both? Give us a little background. Well, I know me personally, I've been a gamer since I discovered the darn things and just been kind of slightly addicted the whole time. Uh, Star Wars, I've been 
I guess you could say a casual fan. Like I didn't seek out content, but whenever I found it, I would dig into it. I actually had a buddy about a year and a half ago that wanted to get me into reading about SOTOR. And I said, you know what? There is no release date. There's no this. There's no that. I don't want to get psyched up you know, way ahead of time. And I ended up jumping in into the SOTOR community. I'm still a baby in it. I didn't even jump into this until I want to say like May of this year. Have you ever played any of the other Star Wars games for tech, like the RTS games or, or the first MMO, Star Wars Galaxies, or anything like that? Well, Star Wars Galaxies was at a weird, awkward point of my MMO life. I was doing a bunch of beta testing and basically jumping from one beta. As soon as it would go gold, I'd jump into another, and I heard about it. And then by the time I went to try to jump in and play it, I heard that the whole Sony experience happened to it, and uh, I just didn't even bother at that point. Yeah, it was bad, man. The Sony experience. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so when you were ready to jump into it, you found out that it got hacked and all the information. Oh, oh no, no. You mean oh, like no. the combat change? Oh, the, yeah, other, the other Sony experience. The I MGE gotcha. yeah, game I mean, destroyer. I, as far as Star Wars games, I mean, I played like all the Nintendo ones and Super Nintendo, and I was, I was all into them. They were tough as nails, too. Since then, I really hadn't played any until, you know, a little bit ago. I played KOTOR, and I actually still... Now I think about it, I have to go back and finish KOTOR 2. And go, go ahead, Lord Hammer. Yeah, I want to hear, I want to hear your background in this stuff. Um, I was going to say that uh, most of the Star Wars games over time have been, like, okay. But it wasn't until KOTOR came out with Bioware that, in my opinion, just completely changed the uh, name of the game. And obviously the role-playing experience, they just took Star Wars to a whole other level. So the real reason why I'm completely gaga over this is um, I had said that I was never going to play another Lucas game after SWG, after that atrocity. But secretly, I was always hoping that they could redo an MMO right and have a quality company like Bioware do it with, you know, the KOTAR timeline. And lo and behold, as soon as I heard that that was coming out, again, I was just, you know, laser focused on, on, on tracking it down. So I do like Star Wars, but I'm not a super Star Wars fanboy. But what I am is a Bioware fanboy. And that's just what's got me completely dedicated to trying to promote this game, get it to be as big as it can be, make sure that there's, if nothing else, a decent cross-section of community, you know, moving forward. Dave, Dave happens to be a Bioware fanboy as well. But you, you mentioned something about making it as big as it can be with the community. And, and, and your guys' site's gotten pretty large. How many, uh, how many guilds and fan sites and all that do you have now that are members of the Tor Syndicate? Uh, well, yeah, last, last count it was about 190. But uh, I think we may be losing one or two here soon because of uh, NDA violations that they just don't really want to take down. Won't talk about names, but they know who they are. But we actually have right now in my box, I have like 20 more I need to look over. Maybe not 20, exaggeration, like 14 over the next day or two I got to look over. You know, something something I'm noticing, and, and you guys are the perfect example, or I should say the perfect focus for watching this whole phenomenon happen. No community has ever exploded like this. Now, I wonder if that's because of Star Wars by itself, which would be understandable. But even even the WoW community didn't seem to explode this this large in fan site uh creation i should say early on do you think it's just because of star wars and bioware or do you think technology maybe has something to do with it too because i mean come on everybody's doing podcasts now personally i think it's a little mixture of all of them plus the fact that they all realize that right now the game isn't live so they can try to make a fan site and try to make a name for themselves before it goes live because people are reading around on all the information. So if they get picked up by you know a decent fan base that likes what they do, they might continue with it. And if not, hey, the game will launch and then they can play the game. You know, guys, 
lately, it seems that fan sites are coming out of the woodwork. I mean, there are literally hundreds of them out there. And there'll be days where I, I literally see 8, 10, 15 new ones that I'd never even heard of before. I, I mean, what do you guys think will happen after launch? Do you think they'll fall down, there'll be a small percentage left, or what? That's interesting because that's something that we've been working on or thinking about ever since we even started back when we thought the game was coming out a long time ago. And I think what's going to happen is the vast majority are going to just, you know, disappear. I think that you're going to see most, because like you said, most people are going to be able to play the game. So everyone's going to be able to get all the information at the same time, right? So you got to have a niche or a hook or something that's capable of scaling. And for all the people who just have a, and I'm not trying to be cruel, so I hope this is not taken negatively, but if all you have is a WordPress site and all you do is regurgitate the fan, you know, the Friday update, I mean, that's, that's only going to last so long. There's only so many of those sites that can actually scale, and specifically those that have, like, staffs, not just, you know, like the one or the two people kind of running them. But, but I, what I think also is that you're going to see some very strategic ones appear. So kind of like you were saying, everyone's getting into podcasting, everyone's getting into blogging, everyone's getting into this. Well, that's a couple of reasons. A, it's definitely because before there was a while, everyone was always talking about Evercrack, you know, EverQuest, right? That was the MMO, and they had like what two, three hundred thousand accounts, and that was just unheard of. And then now WoW's got millions, so they just took it to that whole next level. Because of that, they have things like WoWhead and the Instance, and and all these credible businesses, you know, podcast businesses or or website businesses that that either make tools to make the game more efficient or fun or easier, or they come up with things that will help you try to figure out the game, which just didn't really exist. They were, you know, sparse and few and far between. So now you take, you know, a 2011, all these people that are used to those things, the standards, want that. So there's a demand. In addition to that, you now have so much more technology that's accessible, right? Like, like I didn't know about WordPress <laughs> prior to a, two years ago. You know, now WordPress is so simple, anybody can get to it. So, so it is truly a combination of that. Again, what's the differentiator? I think most of the people that are just doing it because they thought it was going to be a cool little hobby are going to fall to the wayside. Those strategic players like Wowhead or Curse or the instance or those you know those people who are already making big coin or a very big name for themselves and well i think they're just going to keep the dollars moving and they're just going to come up with a spinoff that 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 is sw tour focused if that makes any sense so either right before launch or right after launch you'll see the zam site you'll see the curse site which curse just bought darth hater right so so i think that's what's going to happen and then it'll just kind of you know filter its way out so what's my cut when we can get somebody to buy us out of Tour Syndicate? <laughs> yeah, Barcelona's here. <laughs> I mean, let's let's skip to the important stuff. It depends on how many more promotions I get by then. <laughs> Barcelona wants his ninety nine percent. How many know, more promotions you get, Vertec? You've already like climbed the top of the ladder in like in three and a half weeks. So <laughs> Vertec, are, are gets... you are you working the deal for us? Is that what you're saying? I might be a part time broker. Vertex says he's <laughs> he's never gonna bring donuts again. Please uh, welcome Barcelon. He will be uh, my legal counsel and do the questioning for the rest of this event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barcelon. You know we're, hey, we're uh, for sale right now, dude. Do you want to do something about that? Yeah. Uh, how much are we talking? 
Four, dude, we'll take nothing less than $45.15. Exactly. Republic Trooper. Hey, and then is the my cut still only $1.50? $1.12. Right. They demanded that we let you go as part of the merger, Mike. Sorry. Not again. It's an efficiency hey. upgrade. Sorry, Mike. Sorry about being fast and relate to the uh, podcast here, guys. I've totally lost track of time. Ironically enough, I was editing a podcast when I lost track of time and glanced at the clock and said, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be on another podcast. So. You know, we don't have to have perfect podcasts on Combat Chatter. In fact, ours is like the trooper. We're, you know, hey, you just showed up on the battlefield. We thought you were dead, man. We thought <laughs> yeah. you were dead. And that happens to me a lot, actually. So. <laughs> what, people thinking you're dead or showing up yeah, late? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, the listener's choice. They get to go. Oh, uh, there goes the show, kids. There goes the show. Depends on if you need light side or dark side fires. points on which side, which choice you make there. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, troops. I guess we should get focused. When Andy says that, it's usually like Dad yelling at me. So. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, everybody out there listening, Barcelona has joined us from Tour Syndicate as well. So uh, we got three of those guys with us now. So Barcelona, welcome to the show. Uh, we're super happy to have you, or super happy, I should say, to have you with us. And uh, you came in right at the perfect time. We're talking about Tor Syndicate and what you guys are uh, what you guys are up to over there. So Hammer and Vertec had been uh, um, explaining how much the site has been growing and kind of some of the things that you guys were have been in discussions about, like in regards to what do you think is going to happen to the Tor Syndicate community after the game launches, right? Will a lot of your guys' sites stay around? Will the members still be there? The running consensus seems to be that a lot of them might possibly fall to the wayside. If that's the case, what do you guys have kind of in store to, to either prevent that from happening or you know mitigate that, I guess, happening? Because you don't want your community to fall apart, right? Well, basically what we have in place is Vertec. <laughs> there you go. Everything. Send them to Twitter. <laughs> Firewall is in place. I, I think it also has to do a lot with what the nature of the site is because if if they have made their name entirely on you know covering news about the game pre-launch uh and that's the core of what they do and they don't have a lot else besides that it's going to be a lot harder to maintain that post-launch because well you know the nda is dropped and everybody's sharing information and bioware wants to push out as much as they can about everything you know and until they come out with another release of information post-launch you're kind of stuck. So I think if you're not able to adapt to that, you very well may disappear. One of the advantages we have on the Tor Syndicate, while you know we cover news from time to time, that's really not our main thing. Our main thing is community and exposing others to other communities out there and other resources that's out there and, and other groups and organizations that's out there. And there, there's always going to be that. While we have some ideas in mind for things we might do post-launch to expand upon what we already do, I think the, the essence of what we do will still be 100% viable after launch. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I forget when I had said it before, but I still stand by the statement that if, if anything, I think the Tour Syndicate will get stronger because after the game launches, the sites that are still around are going to know that that's one place they can go and drop a quick blog and... and um, you know, new people will realize that Tor Syndicate's a one-stop shop. You stop by and you check out other fan sites. Like you, you just look at who's who's alive, what they're doing, because we're a fan site of fan sites. Really, that's uh, a good way yeah. to put it. I like that's that. That's so meta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> by what Barrison said, you guys are the social networking kind of. I'm thinking if we want to go tro trooper themed, you could create, you know, like you know, helmet book. 
which would be like, you know, Facebook, but for troopers. And That's so clever. I'm registering yeah. that now. Hel helmet <laughs> book? I'll tell you what, I'll sell it to you for $45.38. My mind immediately went to porn site, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Purple helmet book? Oh, my God. Purple helmet book. <laughs> Thank you. Podcast. All right, Thank guys. you. We just brought our first lawsuit against us as a whole. Okay, anyway. Yeah, well, no. Um, we know. Hey, man, uh, you got to cut your teeth on something. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Oh wait, that was the wrong metaphor to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, no. Uh... Shield and magic hell. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, one last thing I want to bring in here, if I may, Andy. Yeah, go for it. This is actually kind of a, a neat podcast for me because I listen to the Tour Syndicate uh, just about every time, like immediately when it comes out. <laughs> just, just about every time. Which just one? About you, every time. You, you ignore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, in all seriousness, Mike. Fe Mike came to us from the podcast you guys invited us to so yeah he really does no that's to you guys that's exactly what i was gonna say every like, yeah, other it's every other that he listens to every uh -huh. other i don't listen to the odd numbers i think that's you know well hey we were 35 <laughs> i was just gonna I say isn't that just funny <laughs> <laughs> oh, but okay. uh no in all seriousness yeah I, it was because of the torsen again podcast that i found republic trooper and uh now I'm here, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see all you guys uh, after listening to you for so long. So gracias. <laughs> yeah, that was applause. Wow, man, this is like a really a real Oprah moment yes. going on right now. Exactly. Actually, yeah. Here, all look under your chairs. How about some Doctor Phil? How about <laughs> you some Doctor Phil? Key. Is is it a fat Is it a fat Oprah or skinny problem? Oprah moment? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get some Oprah soundboards. That would be awesome. Well, you need to insert that later, Andy. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this part up. Like we were saying earlier, you know, we we're returning the favor. You guys were very gracious to us and brought us on your podcast when we were kind of like a new nobody site, and we're probably still a nobody site. We did find Mike, who's a super talented writer, and uh, his first piece just went up on our site last week. So, uh, you know, we're big fans of the Tour Syndicate, and we're members. And you guys definitely have a, a from what I can tell, it's it's a massive community and it's growing. And everybody out there who doesn't know about it, you need to go check out torsyndicate.com and uh, join those guys. It's a great community. There's a lot of Star Wars fan sites, lots of information out there. Don't expect NDA violations from Tor Syndicate. They're like us. They play by the rules. But yeah, lots of good stuff to find out there. So again, thanks to uh, you know Hammer and Vertec and Barcelona for uh, hanging out and talking about Tor Syndicate. And I think now we're going to move on to... Uh, just some kind of in general TOR topics that have been out there in the in the Star Wars The Older Public community over the last couple of weeks. And I know the the big one on everybody's mind is is Dave and, and I believe Vertec and, and some of the Tor Syndicate guys as well are uh, fresh back from New York Comic Con. So uh, how was it, guys? What'd you think? I loved it myself. Yeah, I I gotta be honest. I thought it was probably one of the best cons I've I've been to. I, I had more fun there than I did at E3, if that makes any sense. Was that partly because of the city? Uh, in all seriousness, I mean, I I think Manhattan is just such a great backdrop. It was a it was a okay. It was a couple of things. A it was a it was a um, Pax East and New York Comic Con. I liked a because I'm on the East Coast, so just that makes everything fundamentally easier, and you can just kind of mentally relax a little bit. But beyond that, it was a fan convention, whereas E3 is all business. So everyone who wants to do it. It's like it was like a bucket list item for me, but when people say it's a work event, they are not BSing. There are people cutting deals left and right, and it is strictly it is a working business function. New York Comic Con was not; it was totally for the fans. People were just having fun, 
Additionally, I wasn't a one-man show like I am at most conventions. I had four people or three people working with me, so we just it was just great. I had Vertec there, I had the guys from TGN, and so you could kind of distribute the load physically of stuff to carry, but you could also distribute responsibility. And we just had a great time hanging out, seeing things. We did work, but we also played hard. And it was just it was just an amazing time. People were totally cool for a big convention. They weren't stinky. Like you go to a PAX by day two, the funk zone is at like nine. Yeah, out they of 10. are, dude. Dave was commenting about that from PAX. He was like, "Oh man," he's like, "I don't even know if I want to go back in the convention center. It reeks in there." It does. I mean, and that's what I, I mean. Unless you go to these game conventions, you probably just don't realize that. But you go to PAX Prime, it is funky. And by day two and a half on PAX East, it's funkified. You know, here I guess people just understand what soap is, but I don't know. It was just it was just a great time. Hey man, that's so. the East Coast for you, man. Hell we're just, yeah, we're more civilized over here. I, so. I've tried to tell Andy that so many times, but he he just goes, "Hey dude, I gotta go surf or something." And I I don't even understand what he's saying. I don't understand that West Coast accent. It's very thick. <laughs> Dave and I are beefing. <laughs> Dave and I are beefing right now. West Coast, East Coast. <laughs> I guess I guess uh, using more soap and more water is just not green so you know it's just more of a west coast thing not to do that i i i I find your lack of deodorant disturbing (laughs) we need to talk about your deodorant i don't use any well that's what we need to talk about (laughs) yeah exactly so what did you guys think though i mean outside of just in general like what did you think about the the tor news that came out there um, at, at Comic-Con. Did you get a chance to uh, sit in on any of the uh, panels or anything like that? Every one of them. And to be honest, they, they'd announced beforehand <laughs> that there weren't going to be any any big like reveals. Yeah, there were, there were like three. So, yeah, every one of them. Yeah, they announced there weren't going to be any big reveals or whatever, just new things to look at. But to be honest, when you take all the small stuff, it actually was a you, pretty good amount of reveals. You, you know, and something that is a major reveal, in my eyes, actually huge, is the number of the number of flashpoints doubling and and the number of operations doubling that's actually huge uh, and i'm i'm somebody i love dungeons and let's face it flashpoint is you know dungeon spelled with a whole bunch of different letters i love single group content so the more you can throw my way that's major uh in my life <laughs> well not to mention like just looking at you know the game that shall not be mentioned i don't think they had 15 instances until they were into their first expansion I'm I'm still wanting to go back and really count them up, but I don't think you're, they got that many until you're, then. You're right. Hello Kitty Online did not have 15 instances until... Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weren't there only like seven to begin with? So, I think it was six or seven, yeah. Even even Molten Core didn't come in for, what, four months after launch or something like that? Well, that yeah, well, he's talking... I think he's talking uh, five, man, so... Well, it depends what you consider Endgame, because a couple of the things like the, the Temple... Some of the like low 50 stuff was actually challenging enough and gave good enough gear back then that people ran it for quite a while at 60 before they started hitting stuff like lower Blackrock and such. I was going to say, if you say BRD, I'm going to go jump off my roof right now, dude. <laughs> dude BR- I'm going to tell you something. BRD is the ultimate dungeon, okay? It's the dungeon for people who aren't like... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here. I'm going to say it. It's for people who aren't in that ultimate casual crowd who are like, dude, we've been in this dungeon for 15 minutes. I have to go like talk to a dog and mail a letter i've been playing take a shower use some deodorant right it it was fun the first 300 times but you know dave you mentioned a good point and that kind of brings us to to the next topic we were going to talk about was some of the some of the information that came out in in the in the last few friday updates and 
One of them was specifically from New York Comic Con where they said 15, I think it was 15 flashpoints at launch. I think what they said was there's going to be 11 per side. There's four that, that are like exclusive between the two sides, like Republic they, will have two and Sith has two and 11 are they shared. Didn't, they didn't give, a, give a, a concrete number. That's what I was positing was at least 11 because they said two to four are going to be side specific. So they weren't sure, but... Yeah, 11 is the safe bet. And like they said, they'll all have hard mode for those who only speak Blizzard, heroic mode, right. uh, which means they'll all be playable. They will span the entire leveling curve, but everything will have a level 50 version. Well, uh, and on top of that, too, didn't they mention, um, and I, I wasn't there, you were there, so I'm, I'm asking, but what, didn't they also say um, confirmed at launch two endgame operations instead of one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vertec. That is that is true. That's awesome. And, it, and it's hut themed. All right. Yeah. Oh, the that's new one has the, me all twisted. That's that's pretty cool. So the new one is it on Narshadar or something Vertech like that? Vertech has a hut fetish. Yeah, they're cute. <laughs> wow. No, but, uh, no seriously even... though, with them being like the the third power, blah blah, like uh, Daniel Erickson went over, like that really can change kind of the lore from you know level one to 50 depending on how that that operation pans out in the end because right now all we have is a picture and the phrase like yes huts are involved and that's it so they didn't actually they just said that they didn't really give you guys like a sneak peek or you they didn't show somebody playing it or anything uh like that. they showed concept art it's really they it was a big tease they didn't go hey and we've had this under wraps and you know here's the architectural plans and you know it wasn't very in-depth it was just like there's going to be a hut themed operation so look out and here, look at this picture, which is like you're peeking out of like a, a hut closet and just seeing it chilling, laying on a bed or something. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds messed yes, up. Yes, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, that sounds totally messed up. Let's see what else. Oh, didn't they didn't they announce the hut voyeurism? The... Wow. <laughs> yeah, hut, hut voyeurism. <laughs> I don't really know if that's an instant you want to run. <laughs> I, Dave, I well, think no, we should run. Be... Run is the good word for it. I think you know we should start a new website. It's kind of like the, the Star Wars holiday special. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. So, you know, <laughs> if you guys keep talking careful. about this stuff, okay, you're gonna start getting me really hot. I mean, move on, Andy. Really hot and bothered. He's yeah. been waiting for five oh. minutes to tell that joke. Exactly. I wish I had a. I wish I had a. <laughs> Anyways, um, hey, didn't they also announce the global launch date? Was that at Comic Con too, or was that after? Yes. Yeah. That that was there. So that's that's actually pretty cool because Europe, you know, Europe, the retailers are in Europe. For those who don't know, they always get game releases on Thursdays. For some reason, it has to do with vendors and shipping, and uh, North America is always Tuesdays. And I guess Bioware pulled some strings, and, and the, the game is going to have a worldwide launch on the same day. That's pretty awesome. I know a lot of people in Europe are pretty stoked about that. that that's right, guys. Listen to Andy. Bioware can pull strings with the entire continent of Europe. Okay? Remember that. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> he pulled, they pulled him aside and had a chat. Did anyone else find that a little weird that the release date for North America happened in Europe, yeah, and the release date for Europe happened in America. Oh, didn't Dave? That's didn't you talk? Up, to, man. Didn't you talk to somebody about that? So, do you guys remember? Did you? Did anyone see the video from Eurogamer when they announced the release date, and everyone was kind of like, "Ooh, yay! That's really great." Dave, didn't you talk to somebody? Because we were talking offline, and I was like, "You can tell from the video." They were not prepared to announce it that day, and it got rushed in. Didn't somebody confirm oh, that, dude? 
Uh, yeah, Stephen Reed. He he said himself. He they did a whole at um at one of the panels. They did a whole part, and Stephen did the whole part. Like you know, hey, my countrymen aren't known for their fervor, and there was a bunch of golf claps. He mentioned that they were originally going to announce it at New York Comic Con, which is what our guest was. And I'm not saying we're brilliant. I mean, it was the guest of many many people. But for all of those who did think that New York Comic Con was going to be the announcement previously, you were correct. So they changed their choice of announcement date. When we were talking about this too, like if anyone saw a few months ago, if they saw the highlights from the San Diego Comic-Con convention, and granted, you know, San Diego Comic-Con I think is is much larger because that's like the original one. The Star Wars, the older public panel there, I, mean, I think there was like 5,000 people in the room. It was when they announced pre-orders and it was like huge fanfare. And Dave and I were talking and we were like, look, New York Comic-Con is going to be when they're going to announce the launch date. You know they're going to do this like huge mess of things. And then they did it at Eurogamer, and it was like, you know, like 50 people in the room, and it was like golf clap. So I thought that was pretty funny that Stephen Reed, when they were just chit-chatting, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to pretend that didn't happen, and we're going to do it again here in, in New York. Let's have a redo. Mulligan. Yeah, it, but in all seriousness, I think it's awesome that they did what they had to do. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Georg Zoller had mentioned, like, look, we're not trying to slight Europe. Things come out on Tuesdays in the US and they come out on Thursdays in Europe. That's just how that's how the market works. So they actually they went and they did what they had to do to release the game outside the system for the Europeans and that's awesome. So if the game releases at a set time on the same day, does that mean Europe gets the game like eight to twelve hours before the US? That's a good point, dude. I didn't think about that, but probably, right? Like let's say it's whatever it's supposed to be, like midnight West Coast time, that means they're going to get it, what, eight hours or ten hours ahead of us in, in London? I was going to say, and everywhere, thousands of gamers who want to be yeah. first to level 50 are crying out in terror. But Barislan, that's okay, because the European collector's editions come with Jar Jar Bink statues instead of Malgus, so it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I can't believe you said that name, dude. How dare you? Yeah, unless they pick, like, a, a standard one single time, like you were saying, like a West Coast U.S., midnight or something that way everybody starts at the same time but then europe's going to be starting at like eight nine o'clock in the morning they'll be fully rested and ready to go you know <laughs> as long as right we'll all be tired and hung over or whatever as long as no one as long as no one tries to pull the hey we were first starting at the exact same time junk removing all that i don't mind if if you're the europeans get a few hours ahead of us truthfully if if they want to be the ones that find all the bugs and spend eight hours and they go hey look we found out what was wrong with the networking code send this over to the u.s you know while the europeans crashed for the first eight hours and it fixes us hey i'm fine with that yeah me my view on it is you know what i plan on playing this for years a, a couple hours heck a couple days or a week wouldn't really bother me too much i mean yeah i want to get in there and start playing but being nitpicky is being nitpicky. Well, honestly, and I mean, I'm, I know for all of us, I'm assuming we've all already pre-ordered the game, but I'm, I, I just, so we're going to be in early access probably anyway, probably like, you know, three to five days ahead. But I just think that it's cool that they, they actually did that for Europe. We were talking with one of the guys on our forums on Republic Trooper, and um, they're in Australia. And I guess Oceanic is hosed. Like, they're not even releasing until next year in Oceanic. What they have to do is either buy the game from a European or a North American vendor and they have to play on one of those servers. So they can still play the game, but they're never going to get a server in their own time zone. So, like, if they want to join a guild or or raid or whatever, you know, those guys are going to be up at, like, 3 in the morning when it's, like, 6 p.m., you know, for all of us or whatever. So Europe got a Europe got a big pat on the back, and in, in, uh, Australia and the Oceanic guys are still kind of getting screwed over a little bit. 
Well, as far as that goes, I mean, they could still create like an Australian guild and, you know, make Australian friends and, and kind of game around the times that they do. But the part that's going to stink is just latency issues. That's what's really going right. to hurt there. Um, let's see. What else do I have on our list to talk about? Oh, yeah. Something else that came up in the last couple of weeks was the allies and adversaries system entered phase two. Dave, you're probably more more versed on this one. What exactly does phase two bring for allies and adversaries? I know you wrote a piece about what you would like to see out of the allies and adversaries system. Fill me in a little bit. Give me a little info on it. Well, the allies and adversaries system, for those who don't know, Reader's Digest version, guild masters and officers can choose to ally or oppose up to three separate guilds. Okay, that's total. Okay, you don't get three of each. You get a total of three. You can have three allies, you can have three adversaries, or any mix thereof. Currently, the only thing this is promising uh, at this time is that they're going to do their utmost to place all of the allies and adversaries on the same server at launch. So how the guild, how their pre-launch system works, where they're going to put everyone from a guild on the same server, and you're going to be gilded, you know, when you log into the game, etc. That's all it promises now. I would bet donuts, and I'm not talking about like three-day-old donuts. I'm talking about like fresh Krispy Kremes. Vertex that, fresh donuts. Yeah, fresh. Fresh. Yeah, yeah. is on. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, yeah, I, I'd bet that they're going to run with this system and do some cool stuff. And I threw out some of the ideas. Uh, in one of my recent pieces of some things that I'd like to see. Well, you know, we were talking about that too, and, and honestly, I think that this this system, and I mean, I don't know what they have in store, but I think that this system could be something that, that really is revolutionary to the MMO genres, as how they're doing the M Like, I could see, like we were talking, Dave, a joint raid where, like, the boss is in the middle and, and, you know, Sith enters from one portal and Republic enters on the opposite side from another portal and they have to, like, raid their way to the middle... And then you could have like an epic PvP battle in, in the in the middle of the raid instance or the raid or whatever to, to see who fights the boss. Like there's all kinds of cool stuff like that. Mike, I think it was you that might have mentioned on even on the last podcast was the auto flagging system for people who might be in a safe zone, but if they're your if they're an adversary of your guild, they're like by default always PvPable wherever they are in the game. I think stuff like that is pretty cool. I'm I'm curious to see what they do at launch. Yeah, and I think even if that's not in at launch, that after a while they might see how the community kind of works together on PvP servers and the kind of things that they would like to see. And once they have that demographic, they might add more functionality and for things like that. I just like to see more information on guilds. Period. I mean, that that to me has been the one area that. I mean, how much have they said about guilds other than we will have guilds and you can get into your guild at launch if you register here on the site. That's we we know very little about what mechanics will even be available for guilds. As far as I know, I don't think they're going to have like guild housing or any kind of guild incentives or guild levels or you know if they have any of this, I haven't heard anything about it. I would love to know more about guilds and maybe they don't have a lot at launch and that's why they haven't said a lot. That's I don't a know. good. That's a good point. Yeah, they they said they're not promising much in the way of guilds at launch, but they would like they'd like to institute as much as they can that the players are interested in. And one thing that they keep reiterating, if you follow uh, interviews and what the devs have been saying for months now, they really try to drive home the point that if the players really want it and we can make it happen realistically, we will. One of the things that got me the most excited was when Daniel Erickson said, hey, you know, when somebody basically said, hey, what about freeform space combat? Now, he didn't say... It's going to be in, okay? So before anyone attacks them and, you know, BioWare sends 
men in black to erase me forever. Okay. He said along the lines that if the players really want it in, I don't see us saying no, which once again is if we can make it happen and we have the resources, then yeah, if it's realistic, we'll do it if that's what people want. Well, I think that's, I mean, they're in a business and we're the customers. So I mean, that's, they're going to do that regardless if it, if it gets them more customers and keeps people around longer and they can make it cost effective. Yeah, they're going to do anything. You know, Barcelon brings up a good point, though, about Guild specifically. And maybe, you know, I've heard rumors out there that before launch, there's still supposed to be like one more huge reveal about a system in the game and like they've they've kind of already done like companions and space combat and a lot of this junk and i'm thinking that it might be around the guild because if you look at some of the tools that bioware is already building for guilds pre-launch i don't think i've ever seen that in an mmo before so hopefully you know we're, we're what we're like 56 days away from launch so hopefully in the next month or two we'll get a big reveal about the actual guild system, the management part of it, the different components in the game, all that kind of stuff. But kind of to your point, I agree. I don't think that they've they've said enough yeah. about that, what That would be great expect. if it was, and I've wondered the same thing about that. You know, they kind of said, well, it is a big deal. Well, it depends on what you like, whether or not it's a big deal. You know, their, their last mystery reveal. But I, I just hope it doesn't end. I hope it ends up being something more than here's your guild channel, and you get to see when your friends on your guild are online, and that's about it, you know. Right. So, I hope it's something more than that. Yeah, the big thing I'm hoping for that they've already said would probably not be in for launch was uh, Guild Bank. What they seem to be doing, and it's it's a smart way to go, I think they're staying to the concept of under-promise and over-deliver. I mean, guys, let's face it. A lot of big games, EverQuest, WoW, I mean, the icons, they had a lot of dungeons. Both EverQuest and WoW didn't have their first raids ready at launch. You know... Like I said, Bioware's coming out, and they're doubling the amount of flashpoints. We found out they're doubling the amount of operations at launch. They've said from several sources everywhere, from Charles Boyd, the writer of The Trooper, up to Daniel Erickson, they're already working on post-launch content. They're on it. They're already on it. So you know they've got factions of their people past, you know, done with their launch work and past it. I'm just going to throw that out there, or this out there, that all I want from guilds, would be cool to have a guild starship, like a destroyer. Yeah, they, they're that working cool. on that now. That's on the wall of crazy, game. isn't it? They no, want to do that, like guild ships no, or something. Well, it's actually the wall of sanity now. I guess they had to change it because some dude at Bioware or EA or something didn't like the name the wall of crazy, so now they call it the wall of sane, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, think, I think it was James Olin, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It, it might have been a joke. It might have been a joke, but That's somebody, somebody said that. James Olin told me at E3 that they're working on it and it's actually in the video interview that I got with them so they are working on it it's a post launch construct to have guild capital ships that is awesome dude i i hope that you will be able to take them in pvp at some point that would be freaking rad mike you only get guild lowercase ships all right that's all you deserve you and vertec lowercase oh. ships only <laughs> oh well 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 oh wait where's that sound here it is That's right, Vertek. We'll just we'll just disable their thrusters and their hyperspace uh, thing, and then we can get out. All More right, maneuverable. Guys. That's all I got to say. More maneuverable. There you go. So one last thing uh, that we want to <laughs> go. Um, we're we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but we did get a question from one of our Twitter followers. Um, he also hangs out on our forums, um, Outlander, and he wanted to know 
what myself as well as the other hosts of the show think about an instant dungeon queuing system in TOR. I don't I don't believe that that's in the game. You know, he's basically thinking something like what Blizzard implemented with World of Warcraft in the looking for group system. What do you guys think about that? Would you like to see something like that in the game? Or do you want to make it where, you know, you still have to travel and you have to wait to group up and use general chat or go with friends or all that kind of stuff? If there were a picket line against it, I would probably cheer the picket line, to be honest. I really am not a fan of the uh, the whole dungeon finder thing where you just click a button and it puts you together a team. I mean, for multiple reasons. I mean, I was actually in WoW before and then after it, and you saw within a matter of months the, the community factor and the epic feel of going to those instances went downhill quick. I tend to agree. Like it was, oh, sorry, I was going to say, it went from like you would gather, you would put forth an effort and you would gather a team of five people that were all about running like four or five instances and you'd only end up running three by the time your time was up and people had to leave but it still felt really epic and then you go to the dungeon finder where you sit there and you just click a button you go through and you click a button and you go through and you can hit up ten in the same amount of time and everyone's all go 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 and that's it that's all there is to it yeah that, that was kind of my thing is I'm a little bit of I guess of an MMO purist in that sense is I, I just think that the whole point about like being a persistent world like everything about it you know being in the world traveling you know it's like hey I can't just make myself freaking magically appear you know on another planet and meet my buddies and then go run an instance right it's like I have to go whatever wait for the shuttle or fly through space or you know, in Warcraft, like, you know, ride the taxi or ride the dragon or whatever it is to get there when it's like instant like that, it just doesn't feel like that would actually be a part of that world if, if you were in it, I guess. Um, that's probably my biggest beef with it. The, what it does to the community, like you said, that's a, that was a huge downside. I, I completely agree. It, it completely changed people how they ran instances. Um, I'm kind of with you too, there, Andy, also, because it also takes a focus away from your guild. Uh, if you're in a guild, one of the reasons you're in a guild is to do those types of things. The more you do the instant dungeon finder, the less important, I don't want to say the less important your guild becomes, but it seems to lessen its impact a little bit and the need to find those people to do those things with. You know, and I think dungeons as a whole have been dumbed down. Now, let me say straight out, I have no problem with dungeons, you know, dungeons being done 30, 45 minutes sometimes, Okay. My problem is that they've all gone in that direction. Andy, I know you screamed about BRD. I think a game needs dungeons all across the board, and this is what I mean. Some nights you come home from work on a Wednesday, and you want to run one dungeon, and you do a certain type. Then there's times where you, know, you want to get online with some of your best friends and your brother on Friday night, and you want to hit up an epic dungeon that takes two and a half or three hours. You used to be able to do that in other games or in WoW in the early days and stuff. And that's kind of being phased out of MMOs, and I think that's a damn shame. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. BRD, when, we, when I played WoW, dude, we loved BRD. It was like as soon as we were like 45 or 48 or, or whenever we could get in there, we would be in there. And, I mean, I spent hours, probably hundreds of hours in BRD. My thing was, though, is the, the instance as a whole, I mean, it, it was like a nine-hour instance. There, it was just – it was too much. Um, but you know what the thing was? That was back in the day where you didn't even have to finish it to get to get tokens or, or you know badges. Uh, that that's what I tried to tell people. There were so many bosses in BRD. BRD was a dwarven city. You could go in and not clear. You don't have to clear everything to win. But if you wanted to play for a couple hours and you killed half the bosses, you didn't fail. I mean, you literally succeeded in as much as you did. I just want to add this in there too. Talking about you say it's going away. I play Rifts, 
and they've actually added something in called Chronicles, where it's a like a two-man raid almost. You could bring more, but my fiance and I just, whenever we're really bored, we want to do something quick, we just group up, head into one of those Chronicles, and run through a dungeon-like story. And you're done in and out in under an hour, and it's it's actually a pretty good experience, and I'm actually hoping that Tor has something sort um, of similar. DC Universe Online has that too. They have the duoing instances for just two people, and they are cool. What I'm saying is, I'm saying that I want content of all sizes. I want to be able to spend 30 minutes or three hours, depending on, on what mood I'm in. I want to be able to do it with two people or 20 people, depending on where I'm at. I, I don't want variety to go away. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, I, I'm with you there, too. And I'm hoping that Flashpoints provide that. Just from what I've seen, it looks like it's going to be... Uh, an interesting time that way, but I guess we'll have to wait until launch to find out. Yeah, well, you know, and that's a good point. So uh, we just found out, you know, there's there's going to be some new flashpoints and new operations in at launch. Um, I believe it's it's like double the number of each. I think there was like seven or eight. Now there's going to be 15 and two. But yeah, we'll we'll uh, learn about that here in the coming months. But guys, I can hear some music uh, in the background, so that's kind of our cue to wrap it up. That means we are out of time. Tour Syndicate, Aww. Hammer, Aww. Barcelona, Vertec. Any final thoughts here before we uh, wrap the show? I just want to thank you guys for uh, inviting us on. I'm glad to see you guys here uh, into the podcast thing and wish you guys continued success. Yep, you guys got some great energy here and some amazing show notes. I don't think I've seen show notes as, as nice and as detailed as yours in a long time. <laughs> don't get any ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. No, we're, we're totally happy I'm to have you guys. I'm a fan of show notes, show. Hammer, not as much, but I, I, we, we find somewhere in the middle. <laughs> actually, you, you guys were some of our first real contacts in the tour community. And uh, I, I mean, whether this goes on the podcast or not, that's a pandy, but I, I'd like to continue a relationship with you guys just because you're awesome. Even if we jump onto a, an, another server occasionally and play, you know, incognito on alts every now and then. Liar! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no, seriously, though, yeah, it's been great having you guys on the show. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to hang out with us tonight. For everybody out there, if you don't know about it, go check out Tour Syndicate. It's a kick-ass community. These guys make all the magic happen. To uh, Dave and Mike, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on Combat Chatter, Vertech, Barcelon, Lord Hammer from Tour Syndicate. We totally appreciate you guys taking the time to be with us tonight. Everybody out there on the tubes that's given us a listen, we appreciate you as well. So until next time, you have been listening to Combat Chatter. I am your host, Andy at Republic Trooper. We are out of here. Peace. You've been listening to Combat Chatter, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Join the community at www.republictrooper.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash republictrooper or on Twitter at republictrooper. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. I guess we'll have a pregnant pause there that we'll take out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, was, was that a question? Yeah, <laughs> I was just making yeah, a comment. Yeah. That, that was organic. I just uh, thought someone would jump in. Damn it, okay. Dave. So, okay. yeah, it sounded like, like uh, one of those like intake of breath, and then you were going to say something else. So I was waiting yeah, for. I was like. Uh, That's what I thought, uh -huh. too. I'm like, come on, Dave.
I'm a hardcore gamer. I I paused the mic. I I had to go in my bucket next to because because the bathroom's 12 feet away, and that's a lot of steps. All right. Well, here you go. Now, now I forgot what he said. I here, I'll, 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 wait here. I'll 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 restate the question, Your Honor. Hey, this is Lord Hammer. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you a countdown right. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's the best, man. That was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know you lost some of the spontaneity, but do it again. <laughs> hey, this is Lord Hammer. And this is Barslan. And Vertec. And you're listening to Republic the Trooper Republic. Podcast. The podcast. Podcast. Then it's Republic Trooper. Trooper. Uh, dot, com. <laughs> yeah, dot com. Dot <laughs> com.